creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Make some noise, make some noise, make some noise. It's a podcast. Okay, let's hear it. So today I'm joined by Belle Ryan. She's from Ignite Art Therapies. And I wanted to talk to Belle because she is an art therapist and deals with women with burnout and um, like, I guess, adrenal fatigue. And I was just actually telling Belle I haven't done interviews for quite a while. I used to do them every second episode was an interview on Carlosophies and I stopped doing them because I kind of got, and this is this is going to sound kind of rude, but it's not, I, but I did get a bit bored of telling the same story and it seemed that every second woman that I would interview had another story about burnout from their corporate career or you know, working, being like a type A type and just burning themselves into the ground once they become an entrepreneur or, you know, like just the same old stories of adrenal fatigue and burnout again and again and again and again. And I wanted to tell a different story, you know, because my story is one of actually conserving energy and not overextending myself and not pushing, 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 pushing. But I also understand that so many women, obviously, are suffering from these, you know, yeah, bouts of bouts. I don't know if it's referred to as a bout of burnout, but they just reach these points of where their body gives up on them pretty much, I guess. So I thought what better way to open up a conversation than speak to someone who works in with creativity but also with burnout. So welcome, Belle. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so can you tell us a bit about what you do and, uh, you know, the work that you do in the world, I guess? For sure. I'm an art therapist, so obviously I use creativity to help people explore their world and what's happening in their life. So it can be anything from just feeling a bit lost in life or having a major event happen or just feeling like they need to come and focus on themselves for a little while. So the art actually provides a really nice avenue to explore and express because words are fairly limiting and can't always find those words or we don't actually know what's happening for us so we we can't describe that anyway so I work with people to really look at what is happening what don't I know about yet how do we explore this and looking at the art as a mirror and really discovering what they need to do with that so it's a really great avenue to really explore what's happening in their world. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I guess for me, words of like talk therapy was actually really great for me when I was working through depression and anxiety, because that's my natural way of expression is actually voice. But that is rare, right? Like most not, yeah, most people don't express themselves verbally uh, in the same way that I do. And so um, I also use art as a a form of expression. But for me, my art is kind of my voice. So it's like singing and writing and speaking and words, you know, but art for others is a a chance to express feelings that perhaps they have shame around. Is that like kind of the way it's used? Yes, it can be. But the art that we do in art therapy doesn't actually need to look like anything or 
it can be movement and voice and drama and lots of we use lots of different modalities and I think the benefit in it is once you get over the fact that you don't need to create something mm. to look good is that mm. it goes back into the body and it's using you know all of your senses to really express what's happening and words are fantastic and we still do use words in art therapy it's just sometimes people shut down because they can't describe what's happening for them or they just can't find the words mm. um, and don't even know what's happening for themselves. So I know I work with lots of clients who feel lost. It's the only way they can describe it and I need to find something else. I know what I'm doing is not working, but I don't know what that is. So what we do is have a look at it in a symbolic, metaphoric way because it's a lot easier to talk through the art than talk about themselves sometimes. So that's sort of the way we work and everyone's different and no session is the same. So it's not like we just do an activity and that fits everyone. Um, we work with people with what they need and how to sort of, you know, go where they need to go. Yeah. And is it mostly women that you work with or is it across the board? I'd love to say that more men <laughs> um, are coming my way, which is really good. But, yeah, I d it is mainly women just because they probably tend to look for that space to reflect. Mm. And my passion really has become workplace wellbeing as well because there's so many people who are doing incredible work but are so busy being busy and stressed being stressed and not really knowing what's happening. And I know from my own experience I've worked in highly emotive fields with young people living with cancer and in paediatric palliative care and when you do those type of roles, when you're in it, you don't realise what's actually happening um, for you because you just you bring in your self-care you bring in everything um, to sort of look after yourself. But now that I'm out of it and look back, I'm like, wow, you know, there's lots of indicators there of vicarious trauma and burnout but not realising it at the time. And my real hope is that it doesn't get to the point where people do crash and burn, mm. that we're able to sort of eliminate that before it gets to the crisis stage. Yeah, so so like a preventative measure rather than actually getting to that point and then seeking help trying to get to them before they get to that point through their workplace yes or even people with their own business as we know business can be <laughs> quite the roller coaster yeah and you know just checking in with yourself constantly is something that's really important because and that's not just with family and friends I think one of the things that I really value is having a space that's just for me, yeah. that's unconditional, that there's no other dynamics happening and the relationship is purely for me. I spend so much time giving to other people that I need that space for myself and I know others do too, um, where it's just, you know, just to have a look at an honest look at what's happening rather than having to wear the mask. Yeah, totally. And I guess like for me that looks like singing lessons and my kinesiologist and I have a clarity coach and these are the people that I feel safe around to express those elements of myself that don't necessarily come up in day-to-day -day conversation you know explore yeah. those deeper recesses of me and so what like in terms of the burnout stuff like what what are the what are the kinds of people that you I guess see like are there threads between the kind of people that because I guess I'm asking this because when I was when I was doing all these interviews and I was speaking to all these women with burnout, it seemed that they were all kind of um, 
had perfectionist tendencies, kind of type A types that that just needed to get shit done and then would wake up one day and not be able to get out of bed. I wonder if there's like, is is that a common theme for someone who suffers from burnout to also have, you know, that kind of, yeah, perfectionist tendencies? It can be. I think it's a um, a lot of it is about people's expectations and where they come from, like that feeling that need that they have to do everything and be on all the time. And so quite often the other people who have these voices in their head or have these messages, whether they're real or perceived or whatever it is, it's the fact that they feel like they need to be driven and doing this and, and are constantly having the output. Um, but so their value comes in their work in the world? Yeah, it can. Yeah, definitely. Or the message, like say for instance, I've got one client who I'm working with at the moment who when we have a look at why they're feeling completely burnt out and empty, when we have a look at and what's happening in their world, they have this driver that they got all of their credit and affirmation from working hard. It'll be just like, oh, you know, look at them working hard. So anything that they do becomes overcomplicated and hard and they feel like they need to work all the time because that's where they get their satisfaction from. But at the same time, they're dying inside because it's not working for them anymore and so what we're doing is working on using the creativity and the art to really have a look at what's what's driving this expectation and this role that you play and where does it come from. Um, and it's like the, the past is in the present in our behaviours now. And so what's really good is that the insights come from the art because they're able to see, oh, that's not my message. That came from my parents or mm. a school teacher or whoever it was. And so I think it's about us feeling the pressure to be a certain way. And quite often that means there is the perfectionistic sort of personality that comes in as well. Yeah, and I guess very outcome focused. So that raises the question for me in uh, wh- when they first kind of come to you, how how are they at letting go and just allowing themselves to express themselves creativity wh- creatively when there's no like specific outcome? Do they struggle with that? They can. And that's one of the first things that we need to break down when we do an art therapy session is about it not looking like something because at school, and I was the same, the art teacher is sort of like, well, it needs to look like this and it needs to be perfect <coughs> and all of that type of thing happening. And so once you let that go, it is actually really liberating mm-hmm. just to go, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to see what happens and then we'll have a look at it because I think we spend so much time trying to have everything so structured and planned and black and white and all of that where we sit in the grey and have a look and explore and see and just be curious and not have to know the answers right away. And I think that's one of the benefits in creativity because it brings something that you may not have known before and really helps you to explore and it reflects life. And so then when you have a look at it closer, you can sort of see what you need to do in your life as well. So the initial getting over the fact that of the doing the art can be quite a challenge, but it's really great when you see that. And we I try and use things where it's not drawing um, and things like that where people might feel a bit self-conscious. We'll try and um, do some more tactile elements first so that they get more comfortable with that process. 
Do you feel like, uh, is there any kind of correlation that you feel between people losing a sense of their creativity and and the burnout that they experience? So are they, like, this This is um, something that I've been kind of playing with myself, right? I was a really, really creative child and always making something, whether it was, like, out of a piece of tan bark or, you know, like, putting on a performance, whatever it was. There was, I always had some writing songs, poetry, painting. There was always something creative going on. And my brother is an artist. Like he just came out of my mum and could paint and draw like a friggin' magician, right? And so for me, I was like, well, he's the artist. So what am I? Because I'm not really the artist. My dad used to say, you're the bullshit artist. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> as in like, I was the communicator. Uh, and that was, you know, I guess that could have scarred me for life. Uh, but, but yeah, like, so I was kind of the one who would be make. so I kind of fell into that role and moved away from certain types of creativity that I enjoyed. And eventually as I got through school, you know, the creativity was squashed a little bit more and a little bit more. And it came out through me in later years through entrepreneurship, right? So instead yep. of actually doing art or making things for the sake of making things, I was then creating products and services and businesses. And that was kind of fulfilling the creative need a little, but there was still this part of me that was like, was something was missing, something was missing. And so then it was like, you know, depression and anxiety hit and all that kind of jazz. And it's really been the last um, decade has really been me figuring out again who I am, coming back to who I was as a kid, allowing myself, you know, feeling safe enough to express myself in different ways. And really now it's come back to diving into my creativity. So I guess um, I can't even remember what the question I asked was, but I get, I guess I wonder if there, yeah, that's why I was asking that question. So, so is there, do you think there's an element where people have almost suppressed their creative selves and then that manifests for want of a better term? I'm not really a huge word, fan of that word, but that, but then it kind of turns into, um, things like, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, other mental health issues and things like burnout. Do you think they, that could be a possibility is what I'm asking? <laughs> yeah. As you were speaking, I was, I was sort of thinking there's a thousand things going through my mind about the fact that when we lose our creativity, we go back into our head and mm. everything is is it's thinking. And what thinking can do is take you away from what you need and what nourishes you. It's like it, it's a defence mechanism in some ways. And so I think... When we have creativity, we're actually exploring the whole of ourselves. Mm. And creativity doesn't just come in art. You know, there's so many different forms, cooking, you know, whatever gives you joy is the way that I sort of think about it. And when we don't have that in our life, it can feel like something's missing. And so then, you know, we're sitting in our head, we're overthinking things. It then becomes less enjoyable life um, if that's what what sort of happens in your world but there's lots of people who come and do art therapy who say they're not creative at all yeah but what they're yeah but what they're able to do is to we talk in metaphor and symbol symbolism all the time and so it's about connecting to yourself it's not actually about the creativity and I think that's what we've lost yes and I wonder 
whether and there's been a really huge increase in things like Buddhism and meditation and mindfulness and that's because we need that space to connect with ourselves and creativity does that. Yeah, and I think that's what's missing is the fact that we're, we're so focused on what's out there that we need to actually come back in and connect with ourselves and that's what creativity does. It really helps us to reflect on who we are, what's happening in our world, how does our life look, how are we, and how do we move through this thing called life because it can be really complicated and particularly when you have huge life events that happen, um, you know, relationship breakdowns, death, change of career, all of these things that happen as part of life can really debilitate us because we're feeling like we should be able to cope with that. But in actual fact, we sometimes need to just feel stuff as well and have a space for us to really connect with what is happening for us rather than putting on the mask and conquering the world all the time. And that's something I'd love to see more of is people being real and having that space to be real. You know, um, one of my clients at the moment who on the surface looks like they have it all together, you know, they've got amazing job, wonderful partner, great kids, you know, their life from the outside looks absolutely amazing, like everything you would dream for, but they're completely lost in it and don't know what to do because they've lost sight of themselves because it's become about providing for everyone else and, you know, having this amazing lifestyle. But they recognise that they don't like it. And how do they actually connect back to what they want rather than what's expected or what role they've found themselves in? And that's where the art can really provide a space to to have a look at that. And yeah. Transform it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's so interesting. There's, there's so many things are just running through my mind while you were saying yeah. that. I was like, bing, 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 bing. Um, <laughs> so, yes, because for, for me, uh, my own personal journey with depression really started when I had lost sight of the truth of, you know, who I actually was. I had become the person that I thought I needed to be in this world. And it's really been the last decade of me un unfolding it layer by layer by layer to come back to the truth, right? And for me, I feel like the truth of us as human beings is that we are creators. It might not look like everyone is a great painter, but everyone in as the na the nature of a human being is to create, create life, create you know meals, create a roof over our head. Like we are, we are creators, and. Uh, the other thing that kind of popped up while you were talking was like, you know, this these days we're this really insular kind of um, culture where it's it's almost like we need to go within ourselves, but but we're also like totally alone in that, if that makes sense. So it's like we're we're insular, where before we used to be tribal and creativity was part of who we were as human beings. We would sit or you know, women would sit around in circles and weave the baskets. And we don't do that shit anymore. Yeah, and that's why um, I've noticed recently that there's lots of women's circles yeah. um, being created and it's been really popular because I think that's it. We need that connection and that real connection rather than the superficial and pretending everything's okay and uh, when it's not, you know, mm. to be real and really find that space to connect to who you are and what you need. I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like... 
a bit of a dichotomy because it's like, well, we're insular. And for, for me, uh, my experience with depression was very, uh, you know, I was very insular. And I almost had to go even further inside of myself to find myself. But I also needed to connect outside of myself to find myself. So it was like almost two pronged, you know, and I feel like maybe the art therapy is that it's connecting back to you, but it's also connecting to something else outside of you. Yeah, definitely. And I think it it really taps into the unconscious. So it is tapping into something really deep within. And from the outside, it might look like you're just doing a bit of art and craft, but it's so much more than that. And people are really surprised at how deep and how quickly it goes there because when you have the space for it, it will appear. And we can easily turn a piece of paper over or put the clay away or whatever we need to do if it's too confronting. But it is that sense of how do I connect to me? And the art brings that. It mirrors life. And you're able, also able to add bits to it, take bits out, manipulate it, rip it up, do whatever you need to do, which is a really important part as well. But I think we are so connected through technology and, you know, it's a wonderful tool for us to connect in the world, but we're, we're so disconnected as well. And all the neuroscientists are talking about the fact that we, as human beings, need that connection. And it's not only to ourselves, but it's to others as well. But that real genuine truth, I think, is something that we need to work on. And I've witnessed quite a bit. I've actually had some post-traumatic stress from an incident that happened in my work. And since I've had space after leaving my job, it's actually come to the surface more And it's quite interesting because I've observed people because I've started talking about it and the way that they discount someone's experience can be so, so subtle. People really care and they want to help you, but in actual fact what they're doing is actually shutting you down. Mm -hmm. And I did a talk not, not that long ago about the certain things that people say that come from love and come from genuine care but in actual fact, just shut the person down. And I think that's something we need to be really mindful of as caring people as well, is how do we be there for someone else and not make it about us? Yeah, because when... Or try and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we're trying to fix someone else, it's because we're, like, it's all about us. It's not actually about the other person. It's about our discomfort with their, you know, their our perceived lack of their whatever it is, you know. So... uh, Yeah, I totally get that. So could you give us some examples of some of the things that um that that people might say that are yeah, kind of subtle shutdowns? Yeah, so even something if you want to fire me up when I'm on a retreat, just if somebody cries, fluff around with the tissues, that really like gets to me because it's like you're not being present to what's actually happening. What you're doing is actually trying to fix it and send a message to stop crying. Um by here's the tissues, let me hug you, let me do these things. And you can hear yeah. my voice, I'm already arced up about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is that thing of it then becomes about the person wanting to care, not about the person wanting to express and yes. needing to express. You know, tears are not a bad thing. They are what they're a natural response to joy or sadness and and. Yes, and relief. You know, sometimes I just cry out of the sheer relief. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many different reasons that we cry. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Or that thing of, um, you know, people saying, 
um, oh, let me know if you need anything. And, <laughs> yeah, when you're feeling like there's nothing in you and you can't move, the whole idea of asking for help mm. and reaching out to somebody is really, really difficult. And I think rather than saying, I'm here if you need, what do you need? Mm. What can I do for you? You know, just framing that a little bit differently. And I know in my circumstance, you know, when I was really low at one point, I did reach out, but because I'm the person who's usually the carer, the person who supports everyone else, it was really hard for people to see my vulnerability but also know what to do. Um, and, you know, some discounts might have been like, oh, you'll get over it, you know, you'll be fine, or just come to this party, that'll help you. Those sorts of things was like, no, that party is actually going to cause so much anxiety and stress and the noise is too much. Um, so it's it's trying to be understanding and give that space, but just listening and hearing people is probably the best thing that could ever happen for people who are not in a good place. Just being there. You don't actually have to do anything. Yeah. Um, just being Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, that is so true. I um, run retreats as part of a mastermind that I uh, that I run, but also I do them just with groups of of people and it's really deep work and people often cry and it is really interesting uh, before we move into that space, I also ask them to become observers of their reactions to others and, you know, and to, yeah, to be mindful that, that they're not here to fix things for people, that they're not here to offer their advice unless it's asked for. You know, and and for a fixer, that can be a really hard thing. And I think for me, it was probably a really hard thing too, until I realized the magic that happens in the space, in the silence. You know, when yeah. we're just given full permission to let whatever it is out, it is transformational. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that people are holding that space and witnessing that. And holding it without having to touch and hug and make a big fuss of it, just allow it to be there. There's healing in that massively that gets missed if if we're trying to fix everything all the time. It's about yeah, being because in it the does it does earth. impart some kind of shame on that person too, right? It's like yeah, like this is it's like I'm not comfortable with you feeling this way, or yeah. you know this isn't okay for you to feel sad. Yeah, definitely. And how many people when they cry or have an expression of anger or anything like that apologise straight away? And that's because we've made it wrong. It's like actually you're having a very normal response to something that's happening in your life. Let it be there. You know, don't go and punch people and to road rage and all that sort of stuff at the same time and please look after yourself. But it is that thing of we have natural emotions and we need to allow them to be there because that's when they're bottled up and not expressed. Mm. That's when all these other destructive behaviours come in. And Absolutely. that's when we do feel the pressure and have to keep churning on through life and, and then crash and burn because we haven't actually dealt with it. It's still it's building and the pressure and it comes out in addictions, in behaviours, in relationship breakdown, lots of different ways. And I think that's where when we have a space to really express that for ourselves unconditionally we can really work through that and take the pressure off. Absolutely. That was actually the catalyst for starting this podcast. You know, I speak a lot on my own podcast and through my journey of 
depression and anxiety, I felt like the depression was caused from a constant suppression of who I am, but also my emotional self. So it was like, oh no, that feels bad. Swallow it down. You know, swallow back the tears, hold back the tears, hold back the anger, hold back the, hold back the, hold back the. And it's like just pushing it down and down and down and down until I could literally feel it at the back of my throat. And someone would say, how are you? And it would be like, I'm going to cry, you know, because yeah. it's it's like being pushed down so far that it's like at some point it needs to depress, you know, like to actually, you know, let the let the valve open on the pressure cooker. And that can go one of two ways. It can have mm. a slow release or it can explode. Yeah, definitely. And you want to try and have the slow release so that it doesn't explode. And, and that's where, you know, you've just used the metaphor of the pressure cooker in art therapy. We use that and we will work with that and see, you know, what is it like if it just stays as it is and explodes? What is it like if it if we relieve the valve? How do we navigate that? And how do we stop the pressure from building again? And that's sort of how we use the metaphor and in the art to really explore things like that, um, which is really good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And so in terms of you know, all the different types of um, situations, I guess, that, that would bring people to art therapy. What do you feel is, like, when it comes to that idea of, like, coming back to that idea of burnout and um, what are the things that someone, like, okay, first up, how does someone even know they're heading that way? How do they know when it's the right time to bring someone in to help them deal with it as a precautionary measure rather than actually reaching that, you know, exploding? Or for burnout, it's more like an implosion, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, ideally you would like people to be aware, but the thing is when we're in it, we're not necessarily that aware. It's like it just creeps up on you. It just is this slow-burning thing that just... It's not like a switch is flicked and, oh, suddenly I'm burned out. It is a gradual process. And I think there's an art therapist in Queensland called Amanda Moffat who did her PhD on how are you, but how do you know? So it's about, okay, what are my signs and symbols and and what are the indicators that I am not doing so well? So things like you forget things or you're grumpier at things that you wouldn't normally react to. It's that you feel the pressure, that you have had to do something and feel resentful for it. So it's taking notice of our own behaviours and going, oh, there's something not quite right here. What do I need to do? And quite often people will like, need to work harder and get this done and do all this stuff. But in actual fact, what you probably need to do is take a day off and do something for yourself. So it's, it's that thing of it's like a, a little film or a little layer that comes on your skin every time something happens and then none of it is that obvious when you put it all together there's something that you're carrying that is very heavy that you need to lighten the load of and you know we could be carrying baggage from years ago as well but it's that thing of how am I in the moment and what is happening and taking notice of your reactions and what is happening so if you get frustrated at something that is really insignificant in the big scheme of life just sort of sit back and think what was that about 
because it's not always about the spilt milk. Mm. It's actually about all the it's, other crap. It's rarely, well. it's rarely yeah. the spilt milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never yeah, yeah. the spilt milk. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's it's also about saying no, and you know what are the expectations, but what do I actually want to do? Mm. And making time for that. It's obviously easier said than done when there's certain things that you need to do in world in the world and um, we all have responsibilities, but it's, you know, how and, can yeah. I smell your pressure? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we all, I mean, this is another thing, right? Like we all, we, we kind of have these labels for, oh, that's a good feeling. We shouldn't be feeling this way. We shouldn't be feeling this way. We shouldn't be feeling this way. We shouldn't be feeling this way, right? So we shouldn't be feeling stressed. We shouldn't be feeling angry. We shouldn't be feeling resentful. We shouldn't be feeling jealous. We shouldn't be. So we've got all of these like things that we shouldn't be doing, which are actually part of the fabric of being a human, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, we we absolutely should be feeling jealous sometimes and we absolutely should be feeling angry or or we we do, regardless of whether we think we should or not, we do. So um you know, so it's also uh, about like removing the shame around feeling those feelings because they're human and just observing them from a perspective of like, okay, so the inquiry, why am I feeling resentful right now? Not necessarily like, don't feel resentful. You shouldn't feel resentful. What have you know, like going into that shit spiral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that well, can have you feel resentful that you're resentful. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead, like putting on the observer's hat and going into a curious place, like which I guess is also what you do in art therapy. It's about our exploration and curiosity. Um, you know, not just in your own head though, having some kind of out external um expression of that rather than just like because that can drive you crazy too right why am I feeling yeah, resentful definitely. going like yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you're yeah, a thinker and, and, yeah yeah definitely and the art therapy space is definitely about that curiosity and and that unknown and just questioning you know and I have clients so often just go oh good question but it's like we need to question things and just you know go in there and just explore it and see what it is rather than having to know straight away let's allow the new stuff to come to us so then we can move through it rather than trying to block it and resist it. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's part of life to sort of have those feelings and emotions and all of the stuff that happens. Mm. It's just about how do we how do we navigate that without it being destructive. Yeah. yeah, and, I mean, what a gift to be able to do that in the company of someone else without having to apologise for it or explain yeah, it away, you know. Just actually being in it because I feel like so often, um, you know, we're trying to resist this this stuff. Where if we just actually went into it as as a as a race, I feel like we're 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 so afraid of our emotions. We're so afraid of the depths of our grief, um, and so we we are uh, and and often so afraid of the heights of like ecstasy that we yeah. keep ourselves in this like little safe zone. But in that safe zone, you know, I don't know, for me, like the safe zone got smaller and smaller and smaller until it was like just this nothingness void of emptiness. And so now yeah, so I'm really you, grateful yeah. for the both ends of the spectrum, you know? Yeah, that, that's it. You need to be able to experience the joys as well um, because if you're in that middle ground where everything's numb and you're just cruising through life and like sleepwalking, you're not enjoying anything either. So it's it's about how do we navigate that and how do we – really connect to what is happening for us and it's not easy 
And I quite often say to my clients, this isn't going to be easy when we hit some big stuff. It's like it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that thing of because it's costing you and that's not financial. Well, it can be, (laughs) but it's also that thing of, you know, what is not dealing with is costing you. And sometimes it's it's the love for their partner or, you know, relationships or, you know, just feeling like life isn't what they want to be. And sometimes it's health. You know, sometimes yeah. their body starts to turn to shit because they've um, ignored all of the warning signs and, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, and then you have no choice but to rest. Now your body's told you, you stop, you yeah. have to stop. Which is the yeah. burnout, right? Like that that yeah. brings us back to the burnout. That's literally what it is from from the, you know, hundreds of conversations that I've had with women about it. It seems to be that. It's like, you know, it's like that whole idea of the feather, the slap, and the Mack truck, I don't know if that's how it's actually yeah. explained, but it's like you get the tickle <laughs> with the feather and then you get a yeah. slap across the face and next thing you're holed up in bed wondering what the fuck happened. But if you look back, you can see, oh, yes, oh, yes, I should have mm-hmm. slowed down there. Oh, yes, I didn't listen to my body when it blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes, it, and then, you know, and then you've really got to listen. It's better yeah, to yeah, do the, start doing the listening before the Mack truck hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to those little knock-knocks, you know, like of, yeah. And take notice of this. Yeah. 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 And good metaphors there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love a good metaphor. <laughs> it's my art. So, what about you personally when it comes to um, art therapy? Do you use it yourself? Probably not as much as I should. <laughs> um, in actual fact, when I get into the a plumber's process, toilet kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, but when I do do a full process with somebody else holding the space, it just reminds me how incredible it is. And I can take myself through processes and work things out, but there's nothing like having someone witness and ask you the questions and get you out of your own head as well. So I try and do practices and when stuff is hitting the fan, I know that I need to go and do something with um, creativity and work out what's happening and just release it somehow, you know, lighten the load. But also I hope to, and maybe I'll start it again today. Uh, each evening I did um, do a mandala, so it's where I just use oil pastels and do a circle and fill it in. Yeah. Um, so it's not the mandala of the intricate patterns and it's all balanced and looks pretty. It's, it can be pretty ugly sometimes and it needs to be. So it's just expressing something and it takes five minutes and then dialoguing with that image, just going, what do you want me to know? You know, what do I need to know? Um, today and so that five minutes of sitting with myself and the sacred circle of a mandala really brings something back to the core of me mm. and when I do that I feel so much better because I'm actually touching base with myself every single day and I'm it's beyond words it's it doesn't have to mean anything it just is what it is and when I do that I know I'm so much better uh, for just being centred and knowing what I need to do. And that's probably the the main tip that I would have for people is just yeah. to use something like that, just to connect back. So and in terms of how they would do that, they like because yeah. I'm actually interested in playing with this myself. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And something that I could do with my daughter too to help her express her day. So yeah, um, so do you just like draw a circle on a piece of paper and then just start filling it in however you feel called yes. to fill it in? 
Yeah, and I use oil pastels just because they're quick and um, you can spread them and they layer and do sorts of things like that. So in that circle, you just basically fill it in however you feel the instinct to do. And then as you're doing it, you might think, oh, I've used this bright yellow colour and that means that, like, you know, you sort of have this process that happens at the same time. And then once you're finished, even just asking the mandala, what do you want me to know? And then you just write, like journal with it and let it speak to you. And sometimes that's a sentence and sometimes it's a whole page, but it's just connecting. It's so easy to do mm. and and it really is about just letting the unconscious speak for a little while and then some people will do a series of them and then have a look and see if there's any patterns and that will start to play out you know you'll start using similar shapes and colors and things like that and knowing that that needs to be something to focus on as well so it's just that real nice quick easy touch base with yourself and where am I at and allowing the unconscious to speak without it being too confronting as well because it's contained. And if we can't five five minutes in a day to do that, there is something fucking seriously wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, um, even though sometimes sometimes having a practice like that can feel really quite overwhelming to people too, like it's, well, I have to do it every day. But I guess it's about having a lighter approach to that too where it's just like, okay, you know, ma- making sure that you, like absolutely making sure that you connect to yourself on in some way each day is truly important, right? Like for yeah, me, definitely. I used to just do it, um, you know, I just had a uh, my phone, I would just set an alarm on it because I was always, never in my body. I was just like all over the place, energy like way out into the universe. Never, it was like I was on const, constant autopilot, never in my body. And so I just set my phone alarm to go off every hour. And when it did, it would just be a reminder. Okay, feel where I am. Where's my bum? Where's my feet? How's my breath? You know, and just like a constant checking in. It wasn't even an emotional what's going on with me. It was just like a, oh, yeah, I'm here in my body, you know. Yeah, and just, those kind yeah. of practices are so important for us to, um, because it is so important for us to maintain that connection to us. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I know and when I was a child, I used to get in lots of trouble because I'd always do to one of my grandma's um, envelopes that she used for competitions and things. And back in the day when you actually sent. Yeah, mail. like readers digest and, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I look back, that was my way to zone out. Mm. And there's a thing called Zen tangles or Zen doodling, uh, which is where you do structured doodling. And the whole purpose in that is to have a focus and just let everything else be on hold for a little while. And I look back at that time because that's when my dad had cancer and that was in the 80s when not many people had cancer, unfortunately, like they do today. And I felt really isolated and alone. That I look back now and I go, oh, that just provided me a space to connect to something. And the patterns that used to come out and things like that were quite interesting. So that's another tool that I do use. So if I'm in a meeting, I can't focus. I will start doing zentangles and things like that um, so that I can connect with what's happening as well. That's so um, and cool. And it sort of arms my body, yeah, as well. So that's something. But if you, if you Google it, don't get overwhelmed with all the intricate patterns. Um, yeah, yeah, you just sort of do some um, little squares and see how you go. Yeah, yeah, I used to do flowers all the time, just like cir- the cir- you know, circle, 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 like just little scribble flowers. 
That is so cool. Yeah. I'd never even thought about it because it does bring you, like it's something um, tactile, isn't it, like that actually brings you in. It's like, I mean, this sounds kind of um, karate kid-like, but like be with the pencil, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. And in the traditional sense, you know, you, you have a certain layout and you have different sections, you do a different pattern in each section. But really, I think at the end of the day, it's about doing something that's simple and easy and focused. And the way that you do that, sometimes it's about going outside of what's normal as well. So, yeah, what the way to do it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I actually was doing group work once and it was a group of carers and it was really interesting to me because one person was really agitated. We're doing a massive group mandala. And I said, oh, what's, what's sort of happening? Because I could see their agitation and they're like, our life is so structured. I just want to go outside of the circle. And I was like, well, why don't you? <laughs> and so she started laughing and was like, like a little kid, you know, being really rebellious, going outside of the circle. And next minute they all started doing it. And it was like this huge joyous moment of, yeah, we're going outside of the lines. So it's like that metaphor that plays out in the moment and that's what creativity does. It's like what's happening in this moment and what's happening in my life um, for that as well. So it all aligns with each other. So it's good. That is so beautiful. So yeah. if people want to connect with you, um, where where can they find you? I'll have everything in the show notes too, people. So if you just double tap, you'll be able to access all the links. <laughs> but if just for um yeah, for for where like whereabouts can people connect with you? So my website is igniteartherapies.com.au and I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the moment. So I have a fairly active, I try and educate people on art therapy and the ways that it helps people just because it's something that can be misunderstood. And, yeah, I'd love for people to come and understand it a little bit more and, and see if they want to come and do one-on-one sessions or if you've got a group of people where I do um, big keynote workshops, I like to call them, <laughs> where I can sort of help people all at the same time and take everyone through a process to understand that. But I don't think anything beats the one-on-one as far as mm. the personal let's go for it completely and, and see how it goes. And yeah. do you do do you do stuff in workplaces? Did you say that before you go into workplaces and do stuff? Yes, yeah, I do. I love that. So I quite often will go and do a staff meeting where we'll take everyone through a process and it's incredible what comes out and what people are carrying. And sometimes I've had bosses and CEOs go, oh, my God, we just learned so much more about everyone here and we didn't realise they were struggling with that stuff at home or um, all of this stuff was happening. So Ideally, I'd like to do a few workshops at the same workplace, um, mm. but even the one-off ones, you know, really highlights that people are really stressed and we're all at risk of, of doing that crash and burn, I think, as well. Absolutely. And what, a, what an amazing gift to be able to because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's in, in those kind of workplaces, workplaces can have this kind of toxic energy because people forget that we're all human, you know? Yeah. And we, we're kind of just like working alongside each other and there's not no level of connection or communication of what their needs are as a human being. It's kind of forgotten in place of a job role. And so I think like what what a powerful thing for a workplace to be able to sit down and know who they are as as humans. Yeah, definitely. And the thing I really love about it too is we all know we need to self-care. Mm. We all know that yeah. those things happen. But do we do it? No, we don't, not necessarily. But what happens is in the art therapy process, it's really personal to each person because it's not just the concept up on the PowerPoint. You're actually doing art that reflects you. And so that's the great power in it, I think, is that people are coming back to themselves 
in that process. And yeah, I actually had a school that I did a workshop over 12 months ago and they got back in touch with me and said, we're still talking about your workshop. And so I was good. just like, oh, that's amazing. So then I was like, please hire me again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that thing of, yeah, we need that space to connect to ourselves. And I think that's what I just keep coming back to. And that's not always from the people we love around us um, because they care for us and sometimes have their own stuff going on as well um, that I think I can't reiterate how important it is to have that space just for you. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Such a pleasure. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Go to carlynimmo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some noise. Oh.